Chapter 32 begins the story of the golden calf. The golden calf, once one leaves the book of Genesis, is, in my opinion, the most significant story of the Torah. It's a story that actually defines Israel's relationship to God. It's a story about failure, but it's a story about how a people, having grievously sinned, can reconnect to God in a very real way. The story begins in chapter 32 by telling us that the people recognize Vayara'am that Moses Boshesh tarried. It's not clear whether the people knew precisely when Moses is to return. Moses says, wait here for me. Back in chapter 24, I'm going up the mountain. I'm going to come back. But the people had a sense that Moshe should have been back already. Boshesh tarried, delayed, late. And in the absence of Moshe, the leader, the people gathered around Aaron. Get up, arise, make for us a God who shall walk before us. For the man Moses, who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. It's interesting that back in chapter 24, when Moses left to go up the mountain to receive the tablets and also to receive the instructions about building God's house, Moshe said to them in chapter 24, towards the end of chapter 24, verse number 14, so Moshe goes up with Joshua in verse 13, and in verse 14 of chapter 24, To the elders, Moshe said, Wait here for us till we return. And behold, Aaron and Chur are with you. Whoever has Dvarim, it's typically a legal, often, here it's a legal matter. Whoever has a legal matter should approach them. I'm not going to be here. My aide, Joshua, is going with me. I'll return later. Meanwhile, in the interim, I leave you Aaron and Hur to act as kind of judges, officials. If somebody has a legal matter, yigash alehem, should approach them. The word yigash often is to approach somebody gingerly or respectfully. For yigash elav Yehuda, when Judah approaches the viceroy of Egypt, who happens to be Joseph, is vayigash. Uh, but what happens is, in chapter 32, the people who f- have a fear, they're operating out of fear. The man Moses is missing. When we operate out of fear, very often we get into big trouble. But they're not nigash. They don't approach gingerly to Aaron and Chor. Chor is not mentioned altogether here. He's conspicuously absent. But Aaron, they gather about Aaron. They didn't approach him gingerly. One even gets a sense of intimidation. Now, we don't know what happened to Chor. Some Midrashim claim they had killed Chor, who resisted their attempt to build the golden calf. That's not explicit in the text at all. And the simple reading is they went to Aaron, who was a priest. He's a religious official, 
Chur, we don't know if he's a religious official or not. We know little about Chur. But Aaron is a religious official. And they want the religious official to construct for them, in their own words, Aseilonu Elohim. And they explain, we need something that's permanent. It's a creation of their own hands, but it's permanent. Moses was great, but Moses was an ish. Moses is a human, a mortal. We don't know what happened to him. We want security. We want something that's not going to run or leave us, depart from us. So therefore, that's how it begins. It sounds like this verse that the function of this uh, Elohim, as they put it, is to replace Moses, not to replace God. That's how they approach Aaron. Now, Aaron's behavior in the story is interesting. At the end of the day, he does make for them this calf, golden calf. And in reading the story of Aaron, it's interesting that now that we can justify what he does, and Moses certainly doesn't justify it, but there is a, a move in the rabbinic tradition, and one I think that's well-founded in the text, if not to justify, but at least to explain. Aaron doesn't want to make an Elohim, but Aaron, on the other hand, as the Torah described, is one of the people. He knows where the people are at, and he, his mode of leadership is to relate to where people are. There are two kinds of leaders. There's some that relate to where the people are and try to move them a little bit forward. That's one kind of leader. And there's another kind of leader who doesn't care where people are at all, sets the bar extremely high. <coughs> Those who can adhere to it, fine. Those who can't, won't. But the leader sets a standard. And maybe this generation won't understand it. Maybe in three generations they will understand it. That's a different kind of leadership. That's a leadership of Moses. That's Moshe's leadership. Aaron's a different kind of leader. He's one of the people. So Aaron, at the end of the day, does build this calf, this Elohim. He says, in verse 2, Take off the golden rings and the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. Once One path of thought is that he maybe thought they wouldn't necessarily do that. But they do. They bring it to Aaron. And in verse number four, he cast it in a mold, in a cheret. He made it into a molten calf. And they exclaim, Vayomru. These are your gods of Israel who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Vayar Moshe, Vayar Aaron, verse number five, Aaron saw, Vayiven Mizbech Lefanav, Vayikra Aaron, Vayomar, Chag Hashem Machar. He built an altar before it, and Aaron cried out and said, Tomorrow, Machar is a Chag Hashem, is a festival unto the Eternal One. Not, not to the golden calf, but Hashem. They got up early in the morning, the very next morning. They brought burnt offerings, peace offerings. They sat down to eat and drink. And they rose up with tzachek. And the word with typically in 
the Torah is a negative word, often promiscuity is suggested. So what we have over here actually is the description of precisely what God forbade at the end of chapter 20. The people were afraid to hear God's voice. They said to Moses, you tell us what God has to say. We're afraid. And God begins to speak. And the first thing God said at the very end of chapter 20 to Moshe to relate to the people is, make with me no gods of silver or gods of gold. And then a description about the way one serves God, the altar. There shall be no nakedness upon your altar. Torah is very strict about that. And we have over here precisely the opposite of what God had said to Moshe at the end of chapter 20. Aaron, one can read Aaron as, from one side, giving in, but perhaps trying to stall them, Chag Hashem, put them back on the right path, maybe Moses will return. But at the end of the day, he does make this golden calf, and he makes it Bacheret, Vayatzer Oto Bacheret. Cheret is a sculpting tool. What's interesting is that later when Moses confronts Aaron, when he comes back down, he confronts him in chapter 33, he says to Aaron, what did you do? Aaron says, don't be angry. Don't be angry. You know the way the people are. They're in a bad way. Chapter 32, verse 22. And they said, make for us a God who will go before us. Moses, the man, is not here. We don't know what happened to him. It's verse 23. And I said, Ugumiza, who has gold? They took off the gold and gave it to me. I threw it into the fire. And this calf emerged. Moses saw the people were wild, undisciplined. Aaron had made them undisciplined as a, as a disgrace before those, a menace to any, any who might oppose them. So, the people of Parua, and interesting, the Torah there, Aaron had made them wild, undisciplined, Parua, negative, but it's written, Peresh Ayin with the hay. It keeps the archaic hay, so it reads Paro. So it's interesting that Aaron had made them Pro, and there's a sense here in the text that connection of Aaron to Paro, and he made it Bacheret. We know that Pharaoh had his advice, we'll call Chartumim. So there's a sense over here, Moses, from Moses' perspective, what the golden calf is about, is about not spiritually leaving the land of Egypt. If you build a golden calf, if you say these are the gods who took you out of Egypt, what it means that maybe from a physical standpoint you left Egypt, from a material standpoint you left, but from a spiritual standpoint, from a religious standpoint, you're still in the land of Egypt. So the Torah presents the one who makes the golden calf, Aaron, as a kind of pharaoh. And he makes it with a cheret. And not only that, he doesn't seem to take full responsibility. He says, I threw it into the fire, and this emerged. Where the Torah says he used a sculpting tool. Now there is a truth to what Aaron said, which is, I threw it into the fire and it came out, is not from one perspective true. But from another perspective, it is true. It didn't start out with, let's worship idols. That's not how it started out. It started with fear. 
it's not a replacement of Moses, but what happens is, in the course of the golden calf, the people have a deep connection to this physical object, to a physical God. They don't, don't understand the abstract God. They can't connect to the abstract God. So there's a truth to what Aaron said. On the other hand, this presents a great challenge to, to Israel. Can Israel, can these slaves who left the land of Egypt, spiritually leave the land of Egypt? They can be taken out physically, but can they actually leave Egypt from a spiritual standpoint? This is the challenge of the golden calf.